0: Week 26 of the Aggressive Progressive Podcast with Chris Hahn. We continue to grow. Thank you for sharing the podcast with your friends. Keep it up. I really appreciate it, America. Another week, another maniac week here in the world of politics. Lots to talk about in the impeachment case. This president keeps on admitting and admitting to more impeachment. There's now a second whistleblower and Republicans don't even know how to defend them. Let's start the show.
1: We are now the defenders of the stronghold of democracy and of equal opportunity.
0: You and I, as citizens, have the obligation to shape the debates of our time. I don't know what else to say tonight, America. This is a uh, this is a fast-moving train wreck. You know how some people say it's a slow-moving train wreck. I think it's a fast-moving train wreck. I I have decided, and if you saw me on Fox News on Monday night, hopefully you're listening to this the day it's released on Tuesday. I uh, I threw out the date March fifteenth. I mean it's the Ides of March. I'm being a little poetic. I don't know. I think March 15th, by March 15th, there'll be some significant changes in this country. Whether or not the president's removed, I don't know. But I do think that the president has opened the door to having the Republicans ask him to leave or even have him not on the ballot in some re- respect. Maybe he decides that he's not going to run. I've been saying this for a while. I've said it multiple on multiple shows. I've said it on this podcast. I've said it on my radio show. I don't think the president's going to run. And I think that this is the end for him. Um, This whole situation where he's going to remove the American troops from Turkey that were protecting the Kurds, uh, that got the Republicans in the mode to uh, object to this president. And that's, uh, that's a good place to start. I mean, once they say no once, they should be able to say no multiple times. That's my belief in this. And uh, this is the kind of thing, right? So what Trump wants to do is win the day. He thinks if he could win today, he'll deal with tomorrow, tomorrow. He does not think long term. And I think he made a mistake today. The second whistleblower came forward over the weekend, and that was going to be the big story going into today. Congress is technically on recess and uh, they're not in town, although there has been some activity with the House Intelligence Committee, and there'll probably be more activity later this week. So the president said, rather than the story be about the whistleblower, let me do something else. So he got on the phone with Erdogan, the dictator of Turkey, Trump's uh, Trump's buddy. And he decided after that call that he was going to remove our forces from uh, Turkey that were protecting the Kurds, our ally. Look, America, we have been working with the Kurds against the Iraqis, against others for years. You know, decades now, we have always been told that the Kurds are our friends and they are our friends. They have fought alongside us in the Middle East. They've been a reliable ally. And the president today, if if he goes through with what uh, he said this morning via Twitter, he has signed their death warrant. There will be an extermination of the Tur- of the Kurds by the Turks. And and that can't be allowed to happen. You have his his staunchest allies, Lindsey Graham, Mitch McConnell, others just speaking out against him. And and then some of them, in the process of speaking out against the Kurds, are being asked about his statements about China and the Ukraine and the and the call that we've been talking about ad infinitum. I mean, it is it, it and they have been saying. Hey, I think that this is a bad thing. You've you've got Susan Collins on record saying that she's uncomfortable with it. Mitt Romney has been very clear. The president has attacked him for it. So as I said, I mean, we have a situation where the president is allowing the Republicans to say no to him or forcing, I wouldn't say allowing, forcing the Republicans to say no to him. His foreign policy is not to their liking right now. So we'll see uh, if this trend continues, but I I think that this is a, you know a step towards his demise, and I don't know how it's going to come, America. I don't know if the president uh, is going to be removed by the Senate, although I do not discount that possibility as much as I did last week. I give it now. I think I had it a ten percent chance last week. I'm going to give it a twenty percent chance this week. That's a pretty good trend, uh, in one week, but we'll see. I don't know that he'll be removed, but he might decide not to run for re-election. And there's an outside chance that the Republicans say, I've had enough with this guy. Let me go tell him to resign a la Richard Nixon. And let's see if that actually happens. Let's see if Republicans actually grow a conscience and put country over party. I don't think they will ultimately, because that's just not who they are. And really, it's not even country over party America. That's not even it. Their party is gone. They're part of the Republican Party that these people originally uh, gone into politics to serve is gone, even if they're n- relatively new members of Congress, Tea Party members of Congress. It's gone. It's now the Trump party. No, they are putting their seat in the United States Senate or their seat in the United States House of Representatives above all else. And that in and of itself to me is disgusting and, and it's going to lead to their ultimate demise You know, sooner rather than later. But I have put March 15th as the date, March 15th. The president needs to beware of the ides of March. That's my over under date of when he either gets off the ballot, gets removed by the Senate, or is asked to resign by members of the Senate and the House, Republican members of the Senate and the House, who, who look, over the weekend, they couldn't even go out on the uh, Sunday shows. You know, the White House didn't go on the Sunday shows to defend themselves, to defend the president, defend his positions. It's indefensible. The man is asking a foreign power to investigate his political rivals, and he's calling for the impeachment. He's calling uh, Adam Schiff, he's calling it treasonous because Adam Schiff is questioning the president. Give me a break. Do I think Adam Schiff had to elaborate, excuse me, exaggerate in his opening statement uh, at the uh, Intelligence Committee? No, I think he could have read from the transcript because I think the it's not even a transcript. We got to stop calling a transcript. He could have read the president's notes on the call, and it's bad enough. I'd like you to do us a favor, though. Come on. Come on. Enough's enough. Let's figure this out. Let's get this over with because I'm done with this guy and this country should be done with this guy. So much going on, America. So, so much going on. I got a great guest for you tonight. uh, Mike Gravel, uh, former U.S. senator from the great state of Alaska, served during Watergate. So he was involved with the last impeachment. I talked to him about that. Um, You know, I don't agree with him on um, Pete Buttigieg. I think Pete Buttigieg is a good guy. Uh, He seems to be really into uh, Tulsi Gabbard. Uh, So, you know, you got to hear what he's got to say. The guy's been around, right? Uh, He's seen a lot. He's run for president himself. He, I I think, is the first uh, presidential candidate I've had on my radio show. And uh, he is my first Alaskan on my radio show or podcast. So... uh, Let's hear it for that. I'm very excited to have him, uh, and you're going to enjoy this interview. He's a very smart guy. He talks about direct democracy. You know, Look, I, I, I agree with some of this direct dem- democracy stuff. I, in, in some states, you could get things on the ballot, and you could get an uh, initiative and referendum, and, and you could change the laws of your state. It happens all over this country, and, and some states do things to kind of minimize that. But in states like New York and California, you have an opportunity to do that. I don't see why, if you know, within certain rules and regulations, certain guidelines that uh, the senator uh, talks about, we couldn't have that nationally. So, uh, stay tuned for that debate, uh, not debate. Stay tuned for that interview. Um, it's it's going to be a wild ride, America. Going to be a real wild ride, and uh, this president needs to go. I seem, I feel like every single day it gets more and more dangerous. Uh, and I am really, really concerned about what he does when his back's to the wall. And I'm more concerned because I don't think that the leadership in the Republican Party will walk over to that White House and say, time to go, sir, before you know he lashes out. It might be after he lashes out. I think after he lashes out, they will. But you know, I think that they should read the tea leaves here and understand that this is a man who's unstable, And willing to do anything to hold on to power, willing to harm our allies, willing to harm this country, willing to completely change America's leadership role in the world to protect himself. I mean, these are things that Republicans over the last couple of decades have fought for. And they've just let it go. I mean, today we've learned that the deficit in 2019, the budget deficit. President Trump's budget will be almost a trillion dollars, $985 billion. That's the deficit this year. Good job. I don't ever want to hear a Republican talk about deficit spending again. I don't ever want to hear it again. When the Democrats take power next year, and they will, don't tell me about the debt. Don't tell me about the deficit. You have forfeited that right. It's done. All right. I'm going to get to my interview with Mike Gravel. It's a great interview. You don't want to miss it. Stick around for that. And then I'm going to play uh, a bit from my radio show last week. I think you'll enjoy it, and I'll be back to wrap it up. Thanks for listening to the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. I'll be right back. Hey, America, Christopher Hahn here the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. What is with the president and the right-wing echo chamber encouraging these astroturf protests against stay-at-home orders around the country? It's ridiculous, and it needs to stop. Check out the Aggressive Progressive Podcast wherever you download podcasts. Joining me right now, Mike Gravel is a former United States senator from the great state of Alaska. He has run for president of the United States uh, twice, I believe. It might have been three times, Mike. I, I uh, senator, I, I am, uh, I'm a little confused on that. In twice, your twice, twice, twice. <laughs> he run for president of the United States twice. He was, he served in the Senate during Watergate. And I think that it, it, it couldn't be better. You know, we've had Jill Weinbanks on the show, uh, Senator, who I'm sure you're aware of, who who was uh, a special prosecutor during Watergate. But it is awesome to have somebody who has lived through this before in the most highest level of government to talk about what's going on now. How are you doing, Senator?
1: Not too bad, considering my age. But, uh you know, I, the, the, what I hold is uh, the record for being the oldest man ever to run for
0: president. There you right. go. There you go. Well, I, it seems like people are vying to change that to beat you on that right now, but it's uh, <laughs> but it is a uh, well, it, was, it, it is a it great. All made po-
1: yeah, it was all made possible by these teenagers in uh, in in New York who uh, put forth the campaign, ran it. Uh, I I responded to interviews, but I didn't travel out of my backyard.
0: There you go. I mean, you were an internet cessation when you ran for president. Uh, I guess the first time you ran for president was 2008. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, that's correct. And I was cheated out of uh, that continued effort uh, by Howard Dean, the head of the Democratic Party, and General Electric, a, a major uh Weapons manufacturer.
0: Right. And then you ran again in 2012. That's when you got the internet boot bump. From teenagers basically saying, "Let's bring back Mike Ravel." He ended the draft. He kept us out of war. You know, everybody's saying they're going to keep us out of the war, but he, Mike Ravel actually did. Was it 2012 or 20? I can't? I'm 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 I'm, I'm like messed up. I've been reading your stuff all day, trying to prepare for this interview, and I try not to have notes in front of me when I do radio because I believe improv is the best way to do radio. So if I'm missing the facts up, please correct me, sir. I sure will. Go ahead. So <laughs> so so you the second time you ran for president was it 2016 or 2012? Uh,
1: it was uh, well it was the this cycle. Yes. Uh, yeah, so it was uh, it was actually 20 uh, what do we add? 2020. 2018. Yes. Well, 2020. Okay, that's when I'm, I was in this cycle and uh, the other cycle was in 08 And so those are the only two occasions that I ran. In '08, I ran to try to uh, use use it as a platform to inform people about direct democracy. Right. And of course, the kids that the the 17 and 18 year old kids they were running, uh, trying to get me to run again. When they called me, I said, "Do you realize how old I am?" (laughs) Uh, And they said, "Well, that doesn't make any difference. It's your position on the issues." That we think is important. Right. So, what they really won me over was when they said that uh, we are prepared to have the primary issue be direct democracy, the creation and operation of a uh, of uh, of a government of a, of a legislature of
0: the people uh, you know it's funny you know you and I both come out of the Senate I worked in the Senate as an aide you of course were a senator and I have advocated for reforming the Senate I think that the Senate and I think the House for that matter there's too much gerrymandering uh, and the Senate in and of itself is just one big gerrymander and we don't have enough direct democracy and I get criticized from that a lot because you know I, I worked in the Senate like well you worked in the Senate how could you say uh, that the Senate shouldn't exist and i i don't i'm not saying it shouldn't exist i just think that what we have as a senate right now is not what the founders envisioned it to be
1: well chris well what happen if we could create a legislature of the people then the people would be able to legislate independently of the government and that would cause the government to be a lot more responsive than it is today because uh, you'd have this check and balance right, uh, with an additional legislative body. And the people could legislate just as easily. I, I have put forth, uh, and I've got a book coming out shortly. Uh, the title of it is uh, The Failure of Representative Government and a Solution, A Legislature of the People. Now, to bring about a legislature of the people, we would need to enact a constitutional amendment, which is not all that difficult. The people could just do it straight away. They don't need to wait for the government, which would never do it, because keep in mind, direct democracy, implementing the people to make laws, dilutes the power of the elites that control our society. Right. Because they control our society uh, lock, stock, and barrel through the government, to our cultural institutions, to, uh, you know, they just control it. And it's, and it's a small group of, uh, of interest. And so you have a simple choice. You either can continue to be ruled by a minority, or we can establish a process where the majority can rule. There you go, and that's and that's what I advocate, and I have the and the procedures to do this. Are outlined in this book that hopefully will be out by January or Christmas
0: And by the way, it's not a radical idea. Most states have ways for you to get a ballot initiative onto the ballot so the people could actually propose laws themselves in most there are states
1: 20, there, yeah there's 23 states but the failure of those uh, that process is because representative government which controls the system, sabotages it, and they try to fix it uh, so that people uh, do not do it very properly. Uh, case in point in California, in order to do an initiative, you have to have a million dollars. Uh, and so that's not all that friendly to the common person. Right. Uh, and and uh, I solved that problem very simply in the procedures we put forward, thats that is that the only thing that would have to be spent uh, in in uh, trying to get an initiative, uh, a proposed legislative procedure enacted, the only cost it would be for the sponsor would be to pay for a a poll to determine that forty percent of the people in for the relative jurisdiction uh, feel that this is an issue that should be treated uh, and processed, and that's it. That's that's the only cost incurred. And the rest is all handled by the creation of a citizen's trust, which implements the Legislative Procedures Act, because the package that I'm putting forth has, one, a constitutional amendment, and two, a Legislative Procedures Act. Right. Because if you just did, it gave the people the power to make laws without setting up definitive rules, you create anarchy. And so this is a process. That uh, the people can uh, can buy into, implement their will, uh, and uh, and and change the nature of human governance. I think it's great
0: we're talking about. I think it's great. I think I think we got to return some power to the people because I think what we have right now is we have uh, senator, uh, congressmen who are basically choosing their own constituents at this point through gerrymandering. We have large corporate interest and and large money dominating our politics. And they, and it has been probably for decades at this point. And, and it, it's time we have we so much so that we hear, you know, these stories of Wall Street executives who don't want to support Trump. But if some other Democrat gets, uh, you know, if Elizabeth Warren or somebody they don't agree with on the on the on the Democratic side becomes a the nominee, they're going to get involved with these campaigns to try to keep Trump in power. In spite of what he's been doing and how he's been behaving, and I want to talk to you about that. By the way, I'm talking to Mike Gravel, former United States Senator from Alaska. Uh, you know, served during Watergate, and and here we are, Senator. I mean, I, I would love to understand how you compare what we're going through now to what we went through when you were in the Senate with Richard Nixon.
1: Well, it's a little more volatile now because you have a personality uh, that's just, essentially as crazy as a loon. Uh, but Nixon was uh, was evil in many respects, uh, but he was thoughtful and intelligent. That's not the case with uh, with the Trump. He's not thoughtful, and obviously he has trouble reading from a script. And I and I think he's got mental problems. And I think that these going to surface more as he gets more pressure in the course of the camp forthcoming campaign. So I think he'll probably defeat himself. Now, with respect to impeachment, uh, keep in mind, there's nobody filing any articles of impeachment. What they're doing is they're making an impeachment investigation. That's what they call it. Now, right. An impeachment Actually, what they were doing before was investigating. But by by putting the nom- the, the name, nom- the nomenclature impeachment in the process, it gives it more gravitas. And what it does is it begins to educate the people who are not for impeachment to begin to recognize that the only way you can deal with Donald Trump is is to bring out the impeachment word and the possibility of impeaching him. Uh, and that's what's going on. And And I, and I approve that. I, I was supportive of uh, Pelosi when he didn't want to impeach, and I agreed with that. I thought it was premature. right? But it's not. Uh, Trump is digging himself a, a deeper hole, uh, and of course, the public. We saw a change of about twenty percent in the attitude towards impeachment, and I think those numbers will change even more starkly uh, as facts come out. Yeah. But uh, so you've got a brouhaha with, uh, and you know, Nixon tried to impede the investigation, and that's it. That that's an impeachable offense, incidentally. Right. So if. If Trump continues to do what he's doing the, the simple fact of tr- he is trying to impede the impeachment is an impeachable offense so th- this will develop in the course of time what it will do and and rightfully so it will put the Republicans in an embarrassing well they're in an embarrassing position to have I don't
0: know how they I don't years. know how they put their heads on their pillows at night Senator. I really don't that, I mean that's, it's- well
1: it, it's a, it's an embarrassment and and they know it. Uh, and and so what? What their continued uh, de facto support of Trump will essentially destroy the Republican Party. Yeah, and and it should be the the party for the last thirty years has been an abominable attack on democracy. Terrible, you know. For when when they, when they held up for a whole year the constitutional right of the president to appoint, uh, to nominate a member to the Supreme Court. Uh, when they did that to, to Obama, and that's Mitch McConnell, Mitch McConnell has, has been the engineer uh, of destruction of the, our democratic process. And so let him let let sink with that. Uh, the problem with that, of course, is that the Democrats aren't entirely without sin. In fact, uh, the, if you've got the two parties, I think that the Democratic Party many times is, is more prone to war uh, than, than the Republicans. Yeah. And so we see this now because when you hear the Democrats talking about the threat of China and the threat of, of uh, Russia, you hear the, the simple way to be able to determine if China and Russia are a threat to the United States all you got to do is look at who appropriates the amount, what, uh, the amount of money that's appropriated to war-making or defense. Right. And, and you see that China is less than 15% of the U.S. budget. Russia is about 10% of the U.S. budget. Right. And so when you look at this objectively, you got to say, well, who the hell is spending all this money on war-making?
0: Other than us. Uh, and that's right. <laughs> right.
1: And, and, and that's a threat to world peace.
0: It is amazing to me. It is amazing to me that this goes on. Let me ask you this. Republicans have been saying that the Democrats, if they really want to impeach this president, need to formally go to Congress and have a vote to open an impeachment uh, uh, an impeachment proceeding. Not necessarily articles of impeachment. That could come later. But they should vote to open an impeachment proceeding. Do you agree with that?
1: Well, I don't know they need a vote. We've already started that. The I don't know what, the, what what their tactic is in wanting to get You've got a uh, anybody can go on the floor of the house and 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 put in uh, an article of impeachment or uh, a a a vote to, uh, to proceed with articles of impeachment. But there's no articles been filed. They have not been defined. And that's what the process is all about. Right. Of uh, subpoenaing information, bringing people to testify, so that they can properly define. And and I think the Democrats uh, weren't initially doing this very well, but but they're not beginning to. Because as they make this investigation, it will be released to the media. uh, And it's the media that will then uh, communicate this to the public, and the public can begin to change its mind. And as a result of that, when you get the public weighing in in a majority, significant majority, for impeachment, that's that's when the Republicans are going to be rolling. Yeah.
0: And it uh, seems like and, the, uh, the trend is that this is going to be a majority situation very soon. You know, the problem yeah, is... Well, Re- it,
1: it, is, it, is, it, is, it is with the Democrats. I don't know how soon it's going to be with the Republicans. You're getting a few cracks, uh, defections but, but not in any volume. Right. You'd have to get, you know, get 20 Republicans that would go for this and, that, and the whole climate. Oh, history. I was
0: talking more about in the polls of the nation. I mean, I see that it's at like 47% on average now in favor of impeachment, whereas, you know, a week ago it was at 40%. So that trend is actually pretty nice and, and we'll see if that trend continues. Very interesting. Mike Ravel, by the way, former United Senator Mike Ravel, former senator from the state of Alaska, ran for president, yeah. twice in 2020 and uh, in uh, 2008, uh, really was out there trying to talk about direct democracy and some other issues, and he really uh, made a difference in this country. He was a great did a, did a you know did some great things in the United States Senate. Helped end the draft, helped end the Vietnam War. Uh, read the Pentagon Papers into the record. Any of you who saw that movie, The Post, uh, you know, think about that, Mike. I got about four minutes left with you, Senator, and I'm sorry I keep calling you, Mike. I, I'm sorry, <laughs> I, I should Please. be calling you, Senator. No, no, hey.
1: uh, Well, don't forget to call me for dinner.
0: (laughs) (laughs) As a former aide in the United States Senate, I should never call you, Mike. Um, You uh, you can. You can. I I appreciate that. You know, in in four minutes or so, I have left with you. Um, We're here. We're in the 2020 uh, election. The Democratic primary is upon us. Obviously, uh, you know, the president is focused on Joe Biden. I think he thinks that Joe Biden's his, his his greatest threat. Give me your, you know... Uh, your analysis of the candidates and where do you think this is going to go?
1: Well, first off, uh, my my favorite is uh, Bernie Sanders, and I'm glad he had a stent put in. I had a stent put in, and uh, he, now now he's really going to get up and go and, uh, <laughs> in the campaign. The other person, in addition to Bernie Sanders, is Tulsi Gabbard. And, and of course, the mainstream media is trying desperately to knock her out of the race. She's the only one that I've seen that is prepared to take on the military industrial complex in this country. And she's the you only one with
0: mean, real military experience, and she'd be the only one with real exactly, military experience, other than, exactly. I guess, Pete Buttigieg. Um, you know, she's... Well,
1: no, Pete Buttigieg is an empty shirt, as far as I'm concerned. Huh? He yeah. You know, listen to what he says. You know, he doesn't say anything. You know, he's going to bring people together. He's going to compromise. You know, just there's nobody to bring together. There's nobody on the Republican side that you can deal with. Yeah. Uh, and and so. And Joe says the same so, thing,
0: right? Joe Biden says the same thing that he exactly. wants exactly.
1: And in fact, Buttigieg is the Joe Biden, the young Joe Biden, and mm-hmm. and that I think is would be a disaster for the Democratic Party were it to get the presidency and the Congress. It won't do anything. It just won't do hmm. anything. And that's what will discourage the public against the partisan uh, politics that we have in this
0: country. Tulsi Gabbard, I guess you and Bill Maher really like uh, uh, Tulsi Gabbard. I, I've given her a look. Mm-hmm. I think she's she's definitely different. I've actually tried to get her on the program, and I'm going I'm to try again. Uh, sure. Now that my star has risen a little bit, maybe she'll come on.
1: <laughs> well, not... what you want to do is mention my name that I've recognized recommended that you get on your program
0: absolutely i absolutely will do that so so tell me how you think it's going to shake out though
1: well i think that biden uh i don't think he has the legs to go all the way uh and i think that if there's going to be a substitute to biden it's going to be uh elizabeth warren from massachusetts hmm. uh i i think she's very good but i think also think that she's prone to become a uh, a person that the center can live with, that the c- corporate entities can live with. And that disturbs me a little bit.
0: I, I have heard uh, the opposite. I mean, I, I feel like these corporate entities are out to get her uh, in a major uh, no, way.
1: No, no they're, they're not. Otherwise, she wouldn't be getting She's getting attention. Here, the reason why Tulsi Gabbard is really a threat to them and they're able to deny her the attention uh, that she needs for visibility. And that's not what's going on with Warren. I had read an analysis, like it escapes me right now, but the analysis showed that Warren would be a very acceptable uh, president uh, to the middle of the road. Uh, and, and, of course, I would hope that she would go forward. And and affect many of the policies that she talks of. Huh. Uh, I think that I I have space for her on that uh, regard.
0: Well, let's see. I, well, I, Senator, my, my suspicion, Senator, this has been a treat for me. I truly appreciate your service to this country. I truly appreciate you joining me today. It's been a real treat, and I hope to get you back here again soon, Senator Mike Gravel. Thank you. Thank you. That's Mike Gravel. How'd you like him? I I look. Like I said, I don't agree with everything he said, but he is a guy who's seen it all. And we'll see how this election plays out. Um, he's got some very interesting... I think he was Bernie before there was Bernie. So, let's see what happens. All right. Uh, when I come back, I'm going to play uh, a clip from my radio show, and then I'll be back to wrap it up after that. America, the president is out of control. I'm sorry. He's out of control. And we have a political party that is asleep at the switch and allowing the man who is their standard bearer to bring down this nation and to bring down their party today as i tape this the news has broken so fast almost minute by minute i i uh, I, I got to the studio early tonight and i like to walk Before I go on the air, sometimes I listen to music. Uh, Tonight I had to listen to news. Um, Every couple of minutes, something new that changes the face of this country being released. The President of the United States, on the White House lawn, suggested that China investigate his political opponent today. That's on top of every day we learn something new about Ukraine, about Rudy Giuliani's involvement in Ukraine... And how Rudy Giuliani pressured the State Department to get rid of the ambassador to the Ukraine because she was not going along with their conspiracy theory nonsense with the Ukrainian government. Um, I I have not heard from conservatives. I do not hear Republicans saying this is not right. I've heard a couple say they're troubled. America, what are we? Who are we? Who are we as a people if we're going to allow a president of the United States to use the power of his office, to use the full faith and credit of the United States government to threaten his political opponents, to get dirt on his political opponents, to tell a country that is in dire straits dealing with the Russians at their border, the Russians have already taken part of their territory. This is the Ukraine I'm talking about, and the president of the United States when they're talking about military aid on a conversation, says, I'd like you to do us a favor, though. And by the way, that's not from the whistleblower. That is from the president's own, not transcript, notes of this conversation. I want to see the whole conversation. I want to hear it. I bet you there's an audio recording of this conversation out there somewhere. I want to hear it. I also want to hear, I want to see the notes from all of these meetings with leaders, which he decided to put on that classified server. This is a man who cannot be trusted in the Oval Office anymore, and Congress needs to impeach him. And the Republican Party, if they were smart, if they were patriots, if they believed in the Constitution of the United States government, the Republican Party in this country would stand up to this president and stand up for the Constitution, would stand up for the rule of law, would stand up for law and order. I don't hear it. I hear crickets. I hear it's troubling. We'll have to wait and see from a couple of them. I don't hear this is bad. This is wrong. This needs to end. I don't hear that. Where are those patriots? Where are the patriots on the right? And I know that there's some of them out there. They're cowards, though, because this president's base is still fiercely loyal to him. If you look at the polling. You know, while the numbers for impeachment have increased, that's because Democrats have come home and some independents have moved over. But in the Republican Party, it's still 90% against impeachment, right? And the president's base can make or break any Republican should they go into a primary. So these people in Washington are cowards. They are afraid of that base. They don't want to to stand up for the Constitution. They don't want to stand up for freedom. They don't want to stand up for independent elections in this country. Elections free of foreign interference. They don't want to stand up to the President abusing his power in the Oval Office. No. They're worried about their next day in Washington. They're worried about their next day in the swamp. That's what they're worried about. America, we have a... We have a serious choice to be making right now. A serious choice. Who are we as a people? Where does this republic go? Benjamin Franklin said a republic if you could keep it. Well, right now we ain't doing a pretty good job keeping it if we're going to let this guy walk all over our constitution, walk all over the rule of law. Threatening a foreign power so that he could get dirt On his political opponent, America, that is in the conversation he released. So don't tell me what you've heard about the whistleblower or what you may think about a deep state conspiracy. This is what we learned from the president himself. And we heard it today on the White House lawn. He's encouraging China to investigate Joe Biden. He's deadly afraid of Joe Biden too, by the way. Deadly afraid of Joe Biden. That's why this whole thing is even happening. So don't tell me that this is all about good governance. This is about the president being a dirty operator, a president abusing his power, a president abusing his oath, a president using your taxpayer dollars to investigate his opponent, using the full faith and credit of the United States government, using our military, putting our national security at risk, putting Europe at risk to investigate his political opponent. And if you think that's okay, I mean, if you think that that's okay, if you're okay with it, let me ask you this question. Let's say it's 2012 and Obama's president of the United States and he calls up Iran. Or let's not say Iran, let's say Kuwait, who's on the Iraqi border, who we support militarily. And he said, you know what? I'm gonna, I'd like to send you some more tanks to guard your border against Iraq but I'd like you to do me a favor though get me some dirt on Mitt Romney you be cool with that would you be cool with that conservatives would you be cool with that Republican members of Congress would you be cool with that any Democrat who has not yet come out for impeachment let me tell you something most of them have would you be cool with that would you be cool with that Joni Ernst I don't think you would uh, I don't think you would Sean Hannity who's on right before me I don't think you'd be cool with that. I don't think you'd be cool with that Mark Levin whose audience I'm coming for because I have now got syndication real syndication and I am really coming for you I know I've talked about coming for you for the last six years when I've had minor syndication I got real national syndication now and I am coming for your markets Mark Levin because you suck you cool would you be cool with that though Mark you'd be cool. With Barack Obama reaching out to Kuwait and saying, you know what? I'd like to send you some more troops for your border, but I'd like you to do me a favor, though. Investigate Mitt Romney. You'd be cool with that? I don't think you would. I don't think you would. I don't think you'd be cool with Obama taking any of his phone calls that normally would go on a top secret server and putting them on a code word protected server. Didn't we just have an election where you spent the entire time screaming about how Secretary Clinton didn't take care of her emails because of some sort of national security nonsense you made up? Made it the worst thing about her? Meanwhile, we got a guy who's in the Oval Office who's given out code word protected information to the Russians in the oval office maybe even maybe even exposed an asset and by asset I mean a human being in Russia who was helping us fight them so much so that the secret uh, the uh, CIA had to pull that asset out think about that for a minute think about that for a minute the president of the united states exposed an asset And the CIA had to pull that asset out because of the president of the United States. Now, could you imagine, well, let's just say that was an email. Let's just say that was an email that Hillary Clinton sent that talked about an asset. Didn't even expose it, but talked about it. And and it, it came in on a BlackBerry and went to a server in her basement. Let's say that happened. Wouldn't we have uh, 17 weeks of uh, investigations into her? This guy is unhinged. He is not fit for office. He cannot serve in office. He's sending his private political hack attorney, Rudy Giuliani, to foreign countries to dig up dirt on his political opponent. And his political hack is telling the State Department who should or should not be ambassador because the ambassador is trying to do her job, represent this country, the United States of America, and try to help the Ukrainians fight the Russians... And not get weighed down or bogged down by the president's conspiracy theories that he's trying to push over there. And let me also be very clear about this prosecutor that everybody says that Joe Biden got fired. Let's talk about this prosecutor for a minute. You know that there are are dozens of Republican senators who signed a letter asking for the government to remove that prosecutor now was senator johnson republican of wisconsin was he also had did he also have a son on a ukrainian energy board that was about to be investigated when he called for the removal of that prosecutor i don't think he did that was the policy of the united states of america that was the policy of all intelligent people in this country left and right that was the policy of the european union the imf Interpol, he was a corrupt prosecutor who was not investigating corruption. In fact, by removing that prosecutor, Hunter Biden stood more of a chance of being investigated by the Ukrainians or at least the company he worked for. But no, the president's going to lie deliberately and his appeasers, his uh, you know uh, enablers in the House of Representatives are going to do everything they can To make sure that they push the same false narrative every chance they get. And yeah, I yell and I scream at these guys on TV when I'm on. You got it. You heard it. You've seen it. I'm tired of it. I'm not putting up with it anymore. And you shouldn't either. We need to push back on this nonsense, America. We need to push back now. We cannot allow this president to run roughshod over our Constitution. And we should be calling every member of Congress who has not come out firmly in favor of impeachment, Republican or Democrat, and we should be encouraging them daily to read the Constitution of the United States of America, respect their oath of office, and hold this man accountable, regardless of party, regardless of consequences. This is the hill, America, that careers should die on. You're so worried about that base? Do the right thing anyway. History will remember you fondly or do the wrong thing and be remembered as an enabler, be remembered as a hack, be remembered as a man who put his seat in the House of Representatives or his seat in the United States Senate over the United States itself. What are we as a nation? What are we as a nation if we are not going to do that, if we are not going, if we, what are we as a nation if we're going to allow a president of the United States to use the power of his office as just another arm of his political and quite frankly, personal family fortune operation? I mean, we all know that the man is encouraging people to stay at his hotels. The man basically tried to get the G20 to come to his golf resort in Miami. Personally enriching himself. In the Oval Office, and I hear from people, oh, he doesn't take a salary. Oh, okay, he doesn't take a salary. You know how many millions of dollars the CIA, and not the CIA, but the Secret Service has had to spend at Trump properties just to protect this guy? You know how many days he's played golf at Trump properties? Do you know how much money that costs the federal government? Do you know the federal government has to rent the golf carts on those properties? Do you know how much you know how much this man has enriched himself just on the taxpayers? Millions of dollars. Tens of millions of dollars since he's been president these two, uh, these three years. No, America, it is time for him to go. And and the president, you know, he's flailing. He's going to bring everybody down with him. Mike Pence is trying to distance himself from this Ukrainian thing. And the president keeps pulling him back into it because the president is trying to tell Congress, yeah, you take me out. Uh, I'm taking Mike Pence down with me and you're going to have President Pelosi. That's what he's trying to say to Republicans. Right now. That's what he's trying to say to Republicans. That's the message he's subtly sending to Republicans. He probably might have, let me tell you something. Knowing this guy, I wouldn't put it past him that he said it to Republicans. That he said it to Mitch McConnell. That he said it to Leader McCarthy. I am sure he has. Knowing this guy. I will take you all down with me. I bet you he said that to them. And let me tell you something. Leader McCarthy. Leader McConnell. Um, He's taking you down with them. Whether he does it in this election or whether he does it through the impeachment process or he does it through the end of your party as a relevant operator in this country, it's over. This is, this is not going to end well. And I really do think that you need to get on board now because at some point there are going to be members in your party that are going to grow a backbone and are going to stand up to this guy. I, I'm starting to feel that that's coming real soon. People who are going to put country over their seat in Congress. You know, there are 30 or 40 Republicans that have announced their retirement. Where are they on impeachment? What do they care? Oh, now they're worried about what they do after Congress. Well, how am I going to make a living after I got out of Congress? Well, you're already a millionaire. Most of you. What are you going to do? I don't know. Maybe you have some dignity. Maybe be cheered by America for taking this guy down. Maybe maybe have some faith in this country that they won't let you starve for doing the right thing. I, 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 I have been watching this. I have been frustrated by this. I have been dying to get behind this microphone all week to talk to you about this America. Because this is the forum where I get to talk whatever I want, right? I go on TV. I I stay within the boundaries of the debate. But the debate has all been about impeachment, right? Oh, we're so concerned that Adam Schiff paraphrased the transcript. He didn't have to paraphrase. He didn't have to do that. But who cares? Read the transcript. Listen to what the president is saying and tweeting. The man retweeted. A radical conservative commentator who said that if he was removed, it would lead to civil war in this country. The president retweeted that. Now, I don't think commentators should even be saying that. But when the president retweets that, that in and of itself, America, should be grounds for removal. The president suggesting that a civil war would happen if Congress held him accountable. Man, we are living in strange, dangerous times. Strange, dangerous times. We have a man in the Oval Office who is out of control. He is dangerous. And I don't know what he's going to do next. It's time for people to get on board. It is time for us all to unite and say, no mas, Mr. President. We are not putting up with this anymore. It is time for Republicans to walk over into the office and tell this man to stop. Stop talking. Let the investigation play out. You know, people say, is this going to be good or bad for him? It's bad for him. It's already bad for him. It's going to be worse for him as it goes on, and that worries me even more. What will he do with the vast power he has? What will he do? You should be afraid. I know I'm afraid. It's big unknown. We see how he's acting in these early stages. As it gets worse, it's going to get worse. That's from my soon-to-be syndicated radio show. It's actually uh, it's in New York and Orlando, actually Long Island and Orlando now. And uh, by January, we hope to be in about 40 markets. So we're coming to one near you. So take a look at that. I'll be right back to wrap it up after this. All right, I'm back. So, uh, yeah, let's see what this week has to hold, America. It is going to be another wild one. I, uh, you know, there's no resting anymore. I I, I also want to point this out. Congress is on a two-week recess. I am done with these recesses. Nancy Pelosi needs to keep the House of Representatives in until impeachment is done. Period. No more breaks. This is war. Take a day off for Thanksgiving. Take a day off for Christmas. Take a day off for New Year's. But that's it. This is war. We cannot stop. The president isn't stopping. The president's not taking days off. The president is still on a path of destruction. Rudy Giuliani hasn't missed an appearance in in three weeks and the guy's insane. So I don't understand why why the Democrats feel it's important to take two weeks out of Washington. No way, no how, that shouldn't be happening anymore. And I also believe, look, call this bluff on this whole, uh, you know, should there be a vote to open an impeachment investigation? Yes, vote. I want to see a vote. I want to see a vote on impeachment. I know that there are 226 members of the House of Representatives. I want to put some vulnerable Republicans on the spot too. I want to see a vote. Open it up. Who cares? Let's make it form. Let's make it official. Put a ring on it. You know, I guess it's the engagement of impeachment. Put a ring on it, America. I think that's the uh, that's the uh, that's the title of this of this podcast. Put a ring on it. That's this episode today. Anyway, I, look, I got some appearances coming up on Fox. Follow me on Twitter, at Christopher Hahn on Twitter. I will be appearing at Politicon uh, uh, the last weekend in October in, in uh, Nashville, Tennessee. I actually thought it was in Memphis, Tennessee. My, my agent had to remind me that it is not uh, Memphis. It is uh, Nashville, but uh, check me out there. But I have to remind you, as always tonight, to seek the truth, America. Question everyone and everything, even me. Seek the truth, America. I know it's out there, and I know you'll find it uh, if you look hard enough for it. And I'll be back here again next week to tell you the truth as I see it. I'm Chris Hahn. Thanks for listening to the Aggressive Progressive Podcast.